On today's episode of Double Down Trent, Aaron and I are recapping the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 matchups. Spoiler alert, down goes Duke. And you hate to see it, folks. I know I do because I just lost a ton of money in my pool. Anyway, we got some great matchups here. If anybody out there had all four of these teams in their final four, please call me. Let's go to Vegas. Let's win some money. Also on the show, Aaron and I are previewing MLB's opening day, so we've got some uh, live bets that I put down over the weekend. I'm trying to get back on the heater, so stay tuned to see how the man does. And we've also got a new segment that we're calling Crossfire, where Aaron basically shoots a bunch of questions at me and I have to answer them really fast. So you're going to want to tune in and listen to that one. Lastly, a little bit of housekeeping here. We want to thank the rapper Flo Rida for performing our intro. It's great. We love it. Flo, I know you're a big fan. You listen to the episodes religiously. So again, thank you so much for doing that. We really appreciate it. So everybody stick around for episode 23 of Double Down Trend. Double down Trent, you might want to tune in Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win Pop culture to movies, let's start up the combo Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto Keep it authentic and it's always live So competitive, so you know it's always hype Make sure you subscribe, trust you don't want to miss Going all in here on Double Down Trent Hey, yeah, Double Down Trent, let's go This is Double Down Trent. All right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where two elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I am your co-host as always. I'm joined by my buddy Aaron. Aaron, we just wrapped up the Elite Eight. What's your instant takeaways from the action? It took a while, but March Madness has finally hit. You know, I think for that second round there, there was a lot of just favorites winning. Yep. And it was pretty boring. But finally, with the Elite Eight, uh, we had a bunch of upsets. It was The games have been fantastic. And, uh, you know, we got a lot more excitement than what we had previously. Yeah, some unreal games. Finally, some games going down to the last second. Some overtime games, some buzzer beaters. All the drama that you sign up for for March Madness, it's starting to deliver. My personal bracket, though, is completely shot. This is also one of my favorite times of the year when everyone shows up to work on Monday and they're like, how's your bracket? Mine's done. <laughs> just, I think I think you could just use one word of shambles. Shambles. It is an utter shambles. The contest that we held, the Double Down Trent contest on ESPN, I have faded from first to, what is it, 24th? 24th. Now, I blame ESPN. They're... Their math, their calculations, their their whatever they do is off. Okay, they're like the accountants for Enron. So fuck <laughs> these guys. All right. So my other pool that I had actually a chance to win and had some serious money on the line. I needed Duke. I needed Duke. If Duke won, I, I think I would have won the whole thing. Uh, we're recording right after the uh, the Elite Eight wrapped up, so Duke goes down. Went down hard. Uh, that was a fantastic game played by Michigan State. And, yeah, this is anyone's tournament at this point. I'm definitely going to be rooting for – I think I'll be rooting for Virginia. Yeah, it's wide open. I mean, when we recorded the uh, interview with Barry Horse, he pointed out Virginia. He said that was the team to bet. That was the team to ride. He, he not only liked them betting, he liked them to to win it all in your bracket. So Virginia looks good. Man, I tell you, Michigan State, they looked really good as well. Maybe that's just a little uh, recency bias on my point, but – um, they looked really good. So for me, I had a couple of takeaways. Uh, the, the big game, Virginia, while we're talking about them, they snuck one out 
against Purdue. They probably should have lost that game. Now, we talked about it a little bit before we started recording. Let me just set the stage for you. Yeah, for someone who hasn't watched the game, give me uh, give me a little <laughs> bit of like play-by-play for what happened. Purdue was playing uh, lights out. And by lights out, there was only one guy on their team that was performing lights out. So Carson Edwards, he ended up with 42 points in the game. He was playing out of his mind. He set a bunch of different tournament records. So I know he definitely set the most points or uh, most three-pointers in a single tournament. Um, he just was dominating 42 points in a losing effort is unbelievable. But to set the stage, Purdue is up two against Virginia. There's about eight to 10 seconds. I forget what it is on the clock. Virginia's on the line shooting foul shots. The kid misses the first one. So he's got to intentionally miss the second and hope they get the rebound. Well, he misses the second one. They tap the ball back to try and get possession, but it goes all the way back to their own foul line. So they're almost three quarters of the court the other way. And the clock is running at this clock point. is running eight, five, you know, whatever comes down. They throw it up to their big guy. Their big guy does this like kind of like prayer drop little layup thing and drains it. And they go to overtime. And as you said uh, beforehand as well, not only did they win that game, they somehow freaking covered. It was amazing. It's one of the best feelings when you actually bet on a team, they end up going to overtime and then they still cover the spread bet that you put. It's crazy because in college basketball, the overtime is only five minutes. So if you're spread, like you had, what, four and a half? That's a tough number to cover in five minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's pure <laughs> luck. Um, but then a whole bunch of other good games. So um, as we said, Duke falls to, to Michigan State. Um, Auburn, though. How about Auburn showing up? Beating, beating Kentucky, taking down the Blue Bloods. And – you know, I will be honest. I, I bet against Auburn in this game. I thought with the loss of one of their starters, what was his name? O- Okeke? Something like that. I apologize for uh, Mispronunciation. Yes, spell it. So, <laughs> yeah. And I, I was actually surprised that uh, Kentucky was only getting uh, four and a half in that game as well. So I had taken Kentucky, uh, I had taken them on the money line. And sure enough, uh, Per my standard, I lost my bet like usual. Um, <laughs> so I guess I'll be rooting for Auburn in the uh, Final Four, although I just said I was going to be rooting for Virginia earlier. So I don't know. I'm torn. I, I do. I would like to see Auburn win this. I mean, Bruce Pearl is a great story. He kind of had that redemption coming back uh, after you know failing out, if you will, uh, with Tennessee. But the road they took was unbelievable. So they beat some of the best programs of all time. So they beat Kansas uh, really easily. Then they beat North Carolina. And then they beat Kentucky. So yeah. that's a hell of a road. They are hot. I remember after the uh, the initial weekend, everyone was big on Auburn, and I still wasn't buying. Well, they're in the Final Four. You got to buy them now. And the thing I'm going to second guess in this next game against Virginia is that I don't think Bryce Brown. I don't have his stat line pulled up in front of me, but he was something like you know three for three from the three point line, and then you know had a number of you know like fourteen for fifteen, or even you know something really good in terms of two pointers as well. Um, so his overall shooting was just lights out. So I don't think that he'll be able to recreate that in the Virginia game. So I think they're going to have a much harder time, especially when Virginia plays pretty good D and slows the pace. They slow it down big time, man. So they're going to be really interesting. It's a, it's a weird final four. Um, you've got the one seed in Virginia. You've got a two seed in Michigan state, three seed in Texas tech and a five seed in, in Auburn there. So it's kind of a scrambled field in terms of the final four. Ah, man, I don't know. So do you want to jump into the lines for, for the games this weekend, or do we want to do the futures? What, 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 what kind of flow we want to do here? 
Yeah, let's um let's actually start with some future stuff because I wanted to cover that just so our listeners kind of understand what that means. Um, and now is the exact not time to be doing features, and I'm not even sure features will be available come final four. Um, but what I wanted to do is just kind of walk through a simple example of how we would calculate features so that folks in the future know, you know, what they could get in terms of odds and what's good and what's bad. Excellent. All right, so. We've got Virginia, we've got Michigan State, we've got Auburn, we've got Texas Tech. So what are the lines looking like for future bets? Yep. So what we have right now, what we're seeing, um, we're seeing Virginia is plus 145 in terms of futures of winning the tournament. Now 145 is going to translate into about 40% chance to win. Um, so what Vegas is saying is that they're basically seeing, you know, are really good odds with them. So if we, if we just focus on that one for a second and we said, okay, like let's, let's try to figure out if, if there's value in the futures odds for Virginia winning, um, they have to play two more games. Their first game is against Auburn. And Mr. Man, if I put you on the spot, like what would you say the odds of Virginia winning against Auburn are? I would put it at somewhere around maybe 65, 70%. 65%. Let's just go 65% for that. Okay. And then let's just pretend for a second that Virginia ended up winning and um, they end up, you know, playing Michigan state um, in the final. What would you, what would you think that Virginia's odds are to beat Michigan state are? That would gotta be something like 55%. That's barely a little more than the coin flip. Okay. So if, if we're looking at that right now, um, if we just kind of go with your example, so right now the Vegas odds are that, you know, Virginia is 40% likely to win. Now, if we use Casley's odds, which what he just gave us of, you know, 65% likely for Virginia to beat Auburn, 55% likely to Michigan state to beat Virginia, their odds of winning both those games then are right around 36%. Okay. So those are actually pretty, you know, 5% worse than what the Vegas odds are being offered. So if we thought Casley's predictions were the absolute truth, which we and, know they are. <laughs> <laughs> Which we know they obviously we know are. Them to be true. <laughs> so, so if we know that they're true, then the Vegas odds are not in our favor. We would, we want us we'd want to absolutely stay away from that futures bet. Okay, now that makes sense. So my futures bet we we talked about it last episode. We put money on, or at least I did, on Duke uh, plus three hundred to win. That is now a losing ticket. Yeah. Um, do we? Do we cover a little bit of hedging for people who may have locked in on these bets? Is it time to start doing that? Or do you wait for the teams to get to the finals? The easiest way for us to do it would be to wait for uh, next week for the finals to actually happen. Um, You could absolutely think about hedging earlier if you just wanted to kind of put in a smaller bet and then hedge even harder uh, if your team ended up winning that you're holding a futures odds. But I vote we just punt on that for now. Sounds good. A simple hedge uh, in the future. All right. That works. So I'm looking forward to it. We are recording uh, on Sunday right after the Elite Eight game. So Final Four starts this upcoming Saturday with the championship game the following Monday. So we got ourselves a hell of a stretch of sports right now. Um, As we were talking, obviously March Madness, we've got MLB kicking off. We're going to lead into the Final Four, the championship game, and then we've also got the Masters. So this is a hell of a time to be a sports fan. Hope you are winning some bets and you've got some cash in your account. Am I going to see you next week Next week, wearing a green jacket? Oh, I hope so, man. Masters are starting up. Uh, not going this year, so maybe this will be something we'll talk on a future pod. Uh, I will be comfortably viewing the Masters from the enjoyment of my couch. That sounds phenomenal. <laughs> okay, should we switch to a little MLB? 
Yeah, a little MLB. So season started off the, uh, on Thursday. It was opening day. It was awesome. Um, something about opening day, especially when you live in the north or, or at least in the northeast, uh, it's it triggers. You know, spring is here. You see the green grass. You know, the sun is out. It's finally ending of winter time. So started off, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to the game. I went to actually the first two Nats games uh, of the season, and the first game was Max Scherzer versus Jacob Degrom. Two of the absolute best pitchers Good in all It was great. And we knew this was going to be a pitcher's duel, and it actually turned out to be a pitcher's duel. The interesting thing, though, is as we get to the game, a buddy looks to me that I was with and goes, the over-under is six and a half for this game. And we look at each other like, these are the two best pitchers arguably in baseball. There's no way it's going to be six and a half. So we bet the under. Now, there's a motto. I usually hate betting the unders. Life is too short to bet the under. <laughs> but when you got DeGrom and you got Scherzer on the bump, you take the under. So it was an absolute gem. I think uh, Scherzer struck out 12, gave up two yeah. hits. Like it was an absolute just masterpiece. But DeGrom outdueled him. Better. He was yeah. even better. It was yeah. outrageous. So the final score was 2 nothing. That was a winner. So now I've got a little extra money back. I had come down from my heater a March Madness, as we uh, previously discussed. I lost two in a row. That's the official end of a heater. But now I'm back on the train. I get a little win. So we go to game two on uh, on Saturday. Now, we had a little housewarming party. Uh, my girlfriend and I moved in. We live right next to the baseball stadium. So we said, everyone, should come over to the apartment. We'll have some drinks, and then let's go catch the game. Well, it was a 1 o'clock game. Naturally, when you've got people over, you don't get to the stadium right at the start. Never on time. That's Never. not cool. Yeah, it's a casually, uh, you know, a late arriving crowd. Of course. So by the time we get there, we're in line about to, you know, get scanned in. It's one nothing Mets. Mm. Then it's one one. So like, oh, okay. Now as we're getting into the stadium, my buddy goes, the over under is ten and a half for this game. Now it was Max, or not Max. It was Noah Syndergaard versus Steven Strasburg. So we like that. That seems a little high for what these guys are. Well, as we're walking up, the Mets scored three more runs. So that's four to one Mets in the top of the second. So we just hammered the <laughs> over 10 and a half. We're like, you know what? Let's do it. And the final score is 11 eight. So I am two and zero in betting overs. Good job by you. Hey man, it adds a little nice wrinkle to it. Uh, but I don't recommend betting overs in baseball on a daily basis. That is just a, a not a smart thing to do. And you took a live bet there, so it was, it was already in-game and you just yeah. went for it? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm sure when that game started, the line was probably close to seven, six and a half, seven, like it was for, you know, the first game. Uh, but once the action started going, the line changed. So I had live bullets, baby. All right, well, I'm going to need to uh, channel some of your jujus. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I took the Nats uh, that initial game, and I'm 0-1. Um, so I'm not really feeling it. I'll probably stay away from baseball anyway. But. Yeah, baseball's tough. So, you know, we talked to uh, in our Berry Horse interview, he loves betting, you know, betting baseball. But I don't know, man, something about it seems like a, uh, a losing battle, if you ask me. Yep, I agree. Okay, I'm going to force us to jump back for a second because we totally missed doing the March Madness standings for our Double Down Trend ESPN group. So I want to go through that and actually just call out some of the folks. Given this recent turn of events with Michigan State upsetting Duke, we have a lot happening in the group yeah. standings. I, uh, I think I was trying to force that. I would choose not to go over the standings because it's a sore subject for me right now. I know. But I know. we got our listeners here. So uh, go over the standings. Let's see who uh, who's in first and how everyone's doing. 
Okay, so I'm going to buck up. So um, Skippy H is in first, even though he has Duke as the champion. So I would anticipate that actually not lasting. Um, in fifth place currently, we have Swag Lord Ken. Great name. That is a great name. Uh, he is only about 50 points behind, but he still has he has Virginia uh, as a possible champion. So I think Swag Lord um, definitely has a chance to pass Skippy H. 20 points behind Swaglord Ken. We have two that are tied for seventh currently. One is Luan0116. How about that, Mom? And I told you, what did I say when this uh, this whole thing started? That my mom was a dark horse to win it all. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> it, it's just so painful to, to see her so low early and then just come screaming back. <laughs> um, also tied with Luan at seventh place. Uh, 50 points behind is B Dumloff, who was doing well earlier. I know we've called him out, him or her out. Um, and then that's basically it. There's a pretty big gap in between those. Uh, Skippy H in the three who are kind of top, all with Virginia left. Um, but I would anticipate it's one of those four probably turning the win based on how this lands. So kudos to those folks so far. Well done, folks. And again, the accounting over at ESPN uh, is really killing me because I went from first to 24th. Yikes. And can I just say the model is probably going to finish ahead of you yet again. The model is currently in 16th place. We just lost Duke too, so we're not doing that great. But uh, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good that I'm going to be uh, yet again undefeated in these competitions going against the man. Listen, listen, I don't want to talk about it. Okay, (laughs) this is a podcast, so we have to talk about it. I'm not happy. You're definitely going to beat me because I got no teams left. So, you know, for me, I'm more happy that I dominated out of the gate. Okay. It is harder to pick a ton of winners early. Okay. That is something that just doesn't happen. I was in the 99.8 percentile. I stand by my performance. ESPN's calculations are terrible. I probably got more wins than you did, which I'm going to throw that as a little spin zone here. Okay. I definitely got more wins. So this is going to be one of those that's got an asterisk next to it. We go to the scoreboard. Hold on, hold on. So are you telling me that you broke early and then broke down late? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's April Fool's tomorrow, so I'm going to chalk that up as to what happened. <laughs> uh, I didn't follow my own my own mantra. I break late, everybody knows it. I topsy-turvy that motherfucker. I broke early and I faded late. So total breakdown. Well, let this be a lesson to you. Um, I'm not sure what competition we'll be doing again until, what, September when college football comes back? Yeah, that's going to be our official one, but we've got a couple of movie drafts that we're going to be doing. That's so right. we've got some things that we're going to build in there. So uh, that's really where I, I strike is the movies. So if I lose those, I don't even know what I'm going to have. I got nothing. All right. We'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> All right. So now uh, we are going to be introducing a new segment. I'm excited for this because we kind of yeah. talked about it a little bit, um, but then didn't go over the details. So, If you would, let the listeners know uh, what our next segment is. Yep. We're going to be calling this segment Crossfire. Um, I'm pretty sure that there was an interview show in the past named Crossfire. There was. I think it was uh, James Carville was probably on it, but that's not what we're naming it after. So we're naming it after the the 90s game Crossfire where there is objects on a board. You kind of had to shoot marbles from like a little gun to move them. thing was legit. It was a great game. If anyone is a 90s baby, you'll remember that game. So we're doing Crossfire. And and what's going to happen in Crossfire is a couple things. So that um, before the podcast started recording, I brainstormed a number of questions that I'm going to be asking Ryan, the man. Now, some of these questions are going to be about future predictions. Some of these questions are going to be trivia questions to see if I can really understand what his knowledge actually is. 
And then some of the questions are purely are purely opinion. So, you know, we'll talk more about it, but I'm going to be forcing him to take a pick about like, you know, who he thinks is better. And then we'll talk about it. Why? So um, what we're going to do is we're going to run through all 10 questions first and kind of go kind of rapid fire in terms of crossfire. And then what we'll end up doing is after the 10 questions, we'll loop back and talk about some of his uh, answers. We won't talk about all of them, but we'll talk about a couple of them and we'll just see how it goes. Okay. And for the record, for the record, yeah. okay, yeah. I have not been fed the answer or the questions pre this recording. That's correct. I have not shared the questions or answers with you at all. Just so the audience knows, we don't have a, like a quiz quiz show situation where I'm you know fed the stuff in advance. <laughs> this is instant gut reactions to crossfire. That's right. And I'm coming to you with you know two themes today. So there's in the first theme, which is five questions. The theme is in the year 2000. Ooh, I like it. All right. <laughs> the second theme, also five questions, little giants. Oh, baby. Okay. So I won't get into too much. In the year 2000, that's all going to be stuff, you know, happening, you know, in the year 2000 about, you know, maybe movies, maybe music, maybe TV, whatever. Okay. Uh, little giants will be obviously touching on the movie. Okay. Uh, briefly, but then more, I'm going to be focusing on, um, sports teams with the mascot of a giant. And Uh-oh. obviously I know you're a big New York giants fan. So I've kind of teed that up and we're going to be calling, Oh, got the logo on sport. Even the logo. Wearing it. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, so those are the two buckets right now. Are okay. you ready? I am ready. Let's do this. Crossfire. All right. Number one in the first season finale of what reality TV show was watched by 51 million viewers in the year 2000. That's gotta be survivor. That's correct. Number two out of these movies nominated for an Oscar in an Oscar in 2000, which movie would you not hesitate to watch again? American beauty, the cider house rules, the green mile or the sixth sense. Wow. So movie that I would not hesitate to watch again. Correct. Okay. Can I give you a brief story about please? Okay. Please. So as you know, I'm a huge movie buff. I love movies, talk about movies. And in our friend circle that I'm in, uh, I have a lot of people that also watch movies. And one of the guys does not watch movies. So we're throwing out a bunch of movies that we like. And he goes, Oh yeah, like the Green Mile. And me and the three other guys go, or four other guys, are like we've never seen Green Mile. What? Yeah. So now we we've turned the movie Green Mile into a verb. It's or, yeah, I got Green Mild. So when someone <laughs> surprises you because of this, they go, oh, I just got Green Mild. <laughs> so you still never seen Green Mile to this day? I've never. So now it's almost like an active choice where I'm like, all right, if it's on, I'm, I'm not going to watch it. So uh, okay, so American Beauty, Kevin Spacey just kind of ruins that for me now. So that's out. Uh, Green Mile, never the seen it. House, the Cider House Rules is second. With Michael Kine. Michael Kine's <laughs> inside the House Rules. Uh, Green Mile's third, and then The Sixth Sense, Bruce Willis. Okay, and also a fun fact about me that if, if the listeners don't know, I am a big wuss, a huge chicken. I don't like scary movies. Oh. When The Sixth Sense came out, it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> so much so that it might have been the last scary movie that I saw in full. So ah. uh, I will say, though, that's a great movie. Um, spoiler alert. It's been out for 19 years. Uh, Bruce Willis is dead the entire time. <laughs> when you rewatch it, it, it's kind of ruined because you know the twist. Yeah. So the first time you watch it, it's incredible. The second time you rewatch it, you're kind of picking up to see like, oh, wait, he's dead. So you, you got a little different vantage point. Um, 
The third and fourth times, you're just like, it's a good movie. Yeah. But I'm picking that one. I'd rewatch that one over the other ones. Okay. Good one. Number three, which video won best pop video at the 2000 MTV Music Awards? I'm only giving you three choices. Okay. There were a couple more that were nominated. Britney Spears, Oops, I Did It Again. Bye 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 by NSYNC. Ooh. Or Say My Name by Destiny's Child. Oh, man. That's a loaded field. I was going to guess Britney would be in there. Um, I got to say, given the MTV Movie Awards, that it's going to go to NSYNC Bye Bye Bye. That is correct. All right. <laughs> okay, number four. What year was the current Duke basketball player Zion Williamson born? I would guess the year 2000. That is correct. <laughs> how bad does that make you feel? And how That makes me feel? feel fucking terrible because I was 15 in the year 2000. So <laughs> put that in your pipe and smoke it, Zion. <laughs> oh, yikes. Okay. Last one, number five. Last yep. one for this section. What is the best acting career out of these lead actor nominees from nominated in 2000? Okay. Meryl Streep. Oh, fucking Meryl Streep. Russell Crowe. Mm. Or Denzel Washington. Now, no, no, I'm only giving you a subset of who has actually yep. been nominated, um, but those are the three that I wanted to ask you. Look, at Meryl has the record for the most Academy Award nominations of all time. She's in everything. She's great in everything. I hadn't seen a ton of Meryl movies when I was younger. My only real reference point was Seinfeld. And there is an episode where everyone's faking having an orgasm. And Jerry hates Meryl Streep because he just calls her a big phony baloney. But it really just pent up anger. So every time I've heard Meryl Streep, I go, that phony baloney. <laughs> But she's incredible. But if you're asking me, Russell Crowe kind of faded a little bit. Like he was incredible in Gladiator. Um, you know, the Inside Inside Man, 2000, 2000 movie. Yep, The Insider. He was great in that one. That was um, nominated in 2000. Yep, A Beautiful Mind. He was nominated for it. So he was really good, but he kind of fell off. Uh, for me, this is an easy answer. It's Denzel Washington. The guy is uh, unbelievable. The legacy of movies he's in. I mean. It's just awesome. I mean, he's got sports movies. He's got dramas. He's He kind of had a late uh, career resurgence in like movies like Deja Vu and those kind of things. And then he's got his you know legacy ones with uh, Malcolm X and The Hurricane and all these great movies. Um, I love it. I'm taking Denzel in a runaway. All right. I like it. Uh, we're going to the second theme, Little Giants. Five more Ooh, questions. Baby. Are you ready? I'm ready. Opinion question first. Who is the most memorable memorable New York Giants quarterback? You get three options because these are all in our lifetime. Eli. Eli Phil, Manning. Phil Sims. Kurt Warner? I he because yeah, he, he wasn't there longer. I threw him out. I said Jeff Hostetler. Ooh, the Haas. Those are your three options. Most you know, back memorable. in the day, back in the day, my dad had a mustache. He kind of looked like Jeff Hostetler. <laughs> <laughs> um look at Phil was amazing. I, I think he's a great broadcaster now. He he kind of put the Giants on the map uh, as a quarterback uh, you know, team. It's got to be the guy right behind me. Look at I got Eli hanging right behind me. I mean, he's won two Super Bowls. See, that's more than any other Giant quarterback has won. Uh, you know, he, for a long time, maybe not up until the last couple of years, every time he was under center, the Giants had a chance to win the game. So I'm picking Eli. I do want to say this is a perfect time for him to just kind of fade off. Like, I hope the Giants draft the quarterback. He can play the mentor. He can get paid his $20 million. And just, this is it. Please, Eli. You've had an amazing career. You're going to the Hall of Fame. Your number's going to be up in the rafters. Please. 
This is it. Well, that might be a great segue to my second question. In the upcoming NFL draft, the New York Giants will select what position with their first pick? Okay, so they got the sixth pick and the 17th pick. So they've got two picks in the first round. They could package some picks like in the second and third round, even move up if they need to. Um, I'm hearing all kinds of weird rumors, and it's actually really upsetting because they need a quarterback. And Kyler Murray sounds like he's going one, so he's going to be off the board. Dwayne Haskins looks like a stud. I mean, he's got the makings. He's got the prototypical body. You're talking about the quarterback out of Ohio State. Ohio State. Uh, he looks like he's the real deal. The chance they say that he might not be there at six when the Giants are drafting. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know. You know, maybe the Raiders throwing a curveball. Maybe some team trades up and uh, and tries to jump in there. Um, I'm concerned because they're talking now that the Giants might just pick best available for their first pick and then address quarterback at 17. I hate that because you're getting a lesser quarterback. So guys like Drew Locke now come into play. Uh, Daniel Jones from Duke now comes into play at 17. Uh, but these guys are a little low. They're, they're, they're a tier below the Murrays and Haskins. If it's me, gun to my head, they're picking Dwayne Haskins. They're picking a quarterback. All right. Quarterback in that pick. All right. Next question. Uh, there's three left. In the first round of the 2000 NFL draft, we're jumping back to the year 2000. Okay. The New York Giants selected this running back from the University Ron of Wisconsin. Dane. Yes. <laughs> That's correct with the 11th pick. Okay. Two more questions. What year was the movie Little Giants released? Before or after 1995? It's definitely before. My oh, my shit. My my, my debate is I think I'm going to say it's 1994. That is correct. Yeah. I used to pride myself on this game that I could always, within a plus or minus one year range, I, I can nail when movies come out. So I'm I'm happy that I hit that on the oh nose. Oh my God. All right. Please <laughs> never ask me any of these questions. All right. Your last question. The San Francisco Giants mascot is an animal named Lou. Is Lou a walrus, a seal, or a sea lion? Wow. I didn't even know they had a mascot. I did a. <laughs> News to me. All right. A walrus, a seal, or a sea lion? That's correct. Mm, walruses are lovely. People like them. They're kind of funny looking. You can make them look good. I'm going with the walrus. Oh, that is your one incorrect uh, one. He's a seal. He's uh, a seal. God damn it. Yeah. Why do you even have a mascot, Giants? And why isn't he a giant? Well, okay. So what, what I will say, that was – Excellent job by you. You freaking nailed a lot of those trivia <laughs> questions that I thought were going to push you a little bit. That's my wheelhouse, baby. This is what we do. We're mixing the pop, pop culture-ish. That's my game. That's what I do, baby. I don't even know what questions you're going to have to ask me when we go the other way. Oh, we're going to do it, man. We're going to, I'm going to ask you all kinds of like encryptions, algorithms, Pythagorean theorems, transitive <laughs> properties. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Anything that you want to call out that like jumps to your mind from one of those questions? Yeah, the, particularly the front of mine is the draft this year for the Giants because they've got these they've got a, a big like stockpile of picks that they can use. There's a lot of holes they need to address. And if they don't go quarterback on their first pick, then this year is just going to be a fucking waste. And it might already be a waste, but at least if they pick a quarterback, like a guy like Haskins, you've got some excitement. You know, maybe Eli starts the year, uh, but they suck and you bring in Haskins. So that's at least got something to look forward to. If they don't pick a, a quarterback high up, it's going to be a bleak year. It's going to look really down. You know, I'm, I'm looking up right now. Who Who's the quarterback behind Eli Manning? 
Do you know who right now with this? Yeah. Alex Tanny. Alex Tanny. Never even heard of him. Yeah, he's just a, a journeyman backup. I'm pretty sure that's his name. You might need to fact check me on that one. Um, while you're fact checking, I do want to throw out a couple of nice things about Little Giants. Uh, Icebox, unbelievable character. She was awesome. Uh, Spike was awesome. Spike don't play with girls. And then Rick Moranis. I mean, he was, he was incredible. O'Shea Chevrolet. I don't know any of those people that you just said. <laughs> um, okay. Just looping back about it. So you're absolutely right with Alex Tanny. He went to college at Monmouth. Wow. Jersey boy. Yeah. And then there are other quarterbacks that they have on roster. A guy out of Richmond. Yeah. Kyle name, Lawletta. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. How do you yeah. know this? He went to Richmond. I'm a Giants fan. If I didn't know that, I'd be a terrible Giants and Richmond fan. Yeah, and he's only two years in. Alex is Alex yeah, Tanny, they, four they, years in. They picked Lalette in the fourth round last year, and he had some promise. Um, but a couple of things happened. He had this like really weird uh arrest for like a driving incident, like a road rage, where he like almost hit a cop. Like it was bizarre. And then he came in the, the game against the Redskins where the Giants are blowing him out, and he looked like absolute dog shit. He like went 0 and 8 and threw two interceptions. So Oof. the uh the luster faded off real quick with him. <laughs> All right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. That's that. Um, all right. That was a fun episode, man. Crossfire was good. Maybe we need to – do we need to rethink the title because it's just one person asking questions or – I don't yeah. know. I feel like the crossfire lets the segue over because next time you're going to be asking yeah, me. Yeah, asking you. We'll okay, yeah. All right, that way. All right. Crossfire. <laughs> all right, man. Good episode. We'll see everyone next week.